there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to anxiety, OCD, treatment of it, and trying to get your life back. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist, and I specialize in the treatment of OCD and anxiety. Um, and I just want to thank you all for joining uh, this episode today, episode 27. We keep going. We keep going up there in numbers. A shout out to everybody who made it to IOCDF in the past couple of weeks. I unfortunately have not been able to go in the past couple of years, but um, I'm hoping for uh, hoping to be able to go next year. So for everybody who went to the International OCD Foundation's uh, national conference in uh, in Austin, um, I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you had. Uh, hope you learned a lot. Hope you made some great connections and uh, are just uh, are just just pumped to keep moving forward and to keep challenging yourself, learning more about OCD and and uh, uh, what can ultimately help you get your life back. Uh, that's the whole point of them. So uh, that that is awesome for those of you who are able to go. All right. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, thank you for joining us today. And I uh, just wanted to let you know that the FearCast is, is, is intending to be a, a podcast for you listeners to be able to call in uh, or to rather to, to email in now uh, to email in questions about your own treatment, about just anxiety issues in general. Now, this can include specific phobias, it can, you know, heights, snakes, spiders, uh, public speaking, all that stuff. Um, it, in addition to OCD and uh, and any of any of its various uh, manifestations and subtypes and all that stuff that we've talked about in the past. I want to hear all of your questions, and uh, I want to answer all of them. Uh, if you have your questions, you can go to fearcastpodcast.com and uh, go to the submit a question there and uh, send me a message. And thank you all for um, the questions that you've already sent in. For those of you who are return listeners, um, thank you all for coming back and, and uh, keep on listening. Uh, if you could do me a favor and whatever platform you are listening to, to uh, this podcast on. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. Give me a review. I'd love to hear it. And ultimately, again, it helps new listeners find the podcast. And new listeners mean new questions. And new questions mean more episodes. And the cycle continues. So that's the whole purpose of it. So before we get into a couple of the questions that I'm going to answer today, um, I want to get into something that's exciting for me. I announced a couple of episodes ago that uh, there's something exciting going on in the FearCast world, um, and uh, and now I'm actually able to tell everybody what this uh, exciting thing is. Now, again, this is exciting for me. I don't know if it's going to be exciting for everybody else, but uh, and even if, as I'm explaining that, it feels like I'm, I'm blowing it up way out of proportion, but, um, but we'll see. So, Again, a couple of the episodes ago, um, I had mentioned something exciting is going to happen. And that exciting thing is I am going to be starting my own practice. So, I'm leaving my current practice that I'm, I've been with for, for the past over six and a half years. And uh, uh, I'm going to be starting the California OCD and Anxiety Treatment Center. And uh, I'm opening, opening up an office here in Fullerton. Um, so I'm super, super excited to be starting this new adventure and this new endeavor. Um, it's been something that I've been thinking about for a really long time. Uh, I've been stressing about it. I've been worried about it. I've been excited about it. 
it and dreaming about what it could look like and what it could be. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and I'm excited to now share that w- with all of you. Uh, what's even cooler is I'm opening up the office uh, with my wife, who is a psychologist, and uh, she'll be doing her own thing. I'll be doing the OCD thing. Um, but, uh, but it's kind of this dream that we and I, or that she and I rather, have been bantering back and forth. So there'll be more news coming out, and um, I, I can't take any clients, or I'm not going to be starting there with anybody until September 1st of this year. But for the future, uh, to find more information about it, you can go to calocd.com. So C-A-L, like California, OCD.com. And um, uh, there'll be some information up there. But um, why I have, I've had to put off this episode is because um, we have been scrambling to furnish three offices, a waiting room, a hallway. Um, I've been having to write a, a ton of content and um, you know b- build a business from the ground up and it's exhausting oh in addition to also having a life having a full practice trying to be a, 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 at the very least a a non-negligent or a, a less negligent father um, and husband for that matter so there's there's just a ton of stuff going on so um, I, I apologize for this episode coming out late but um, that's the exciting stuff that's happening so so in addition to starting a a, a new business and the excitement of it there's also a lot lot of my own anxiety that's bouncing between my ears and uh you know as, as exciting it is to think about how how wonderful it could be and the freedom that could be of like building my own schedule and doing all that stuff uh it's also uh, terrifying and uh, i think in a future episode i'll, I'll share um some of those uh, some of those anxieties uh, a future question is going to be about cognitive distortions and that might be a fantastic time to start sharing some of my own distorted thoughts about uh, about this practice and how it's going to go and you know just because i'm an anxiety therapist doesn't mean that i'm free or devoid of all anxiety every ocd and anxiety therapist you ever going to meet has their own anxieties. If they tell you they don't, they're lying to you or they're a little nuts. They don't experience anxiety. That's a natural human emotion they should be feeling. So, um, I'm not going to judge them. I will let you judge them. So, you can do that all you want. So, for future information about it, you can go to calocd.com uh, and uh, and check me out there if you have any questions or um, I w- would like to potentially get started in, uh, in treatment or, or looking for some resources or referrals. You can always check me out there. Um, speaking of checking me out for information, um, I think some of you know that I'm on Instagram uh, as Fearcast Podcast, and um, uh, this first question actually comes from a listener on Instagram. So why don't we jump into the questions? All right, so this first question comes from Jared via Instagram. Hi there. Long story short, at the end of 2017, God called me back after a few years of teenage backsliding. I was so excited to hear from Jesus and was determined to live for Him about 10 months ago. I read the verse about blaspheming the Holy Spirit and had a thought against the Holy Spirit. I completely freaked out at the time, but eventually calmed down when I found out that I'd never actually blasphemed the Holy Spirit. One thing led to the next, and I was getting anxiety and intrusive thoughts about every aspect of my faith. It eventually got me to the point where I was questioning whether I truly believed in God. I was completely wrecked and in tears daily. 
He then goes on to say, I still have these thoughts, but instead of questioning, do I? Now it's, I don't believe in God or love God, etc. And the worst thing is that now it's like I don't even care, and it's almost as if I've accepted the thoughts. I still pray with little faith and have a negative mindset. Is it possible for a sufferer to no longer feel anxiety about certain intrusive thoughts? but instead feeling numb towards the thoughts as if the thought has become a reality. Just a side note, I'm struggling to find someone who specializes in OCD, and I haven't been diagnosed with OCD scrupulosity, which makes it even harder to accept. Thanks. Well, Jared, thank you so much for your question. I know in, in your question, you, you specified kind of what, what country and what area you are in, but uh, I wanted to leave that out to help some anonymity. Um, for, for those uh, internationally, um, probably the best resource that I know of, or that I know of, um, if, if there isn't a OCD kind of group in the country that, you, that you're currently in, um, I would contact the International OCD Foundation. So they're going to be iocdf.org, and they're the folks who put on the conference every year. Likely speaking, Jared, if you were to contact them, they they probably know someone in your country that uh, that you'd be able to work with. Um, but so uh, so the best thing would be to go over to their website or, or um, uh, find out how you can give them a call. Again, IOCDF, International OCD Foundation dot org um, and check them out. Hopefully they do have some resources or have some ideas on how you can get connected. But separate from that. So thank you so much for this question. Um, I'm so sorry you're having to go through this and uh, I'm I feel so thankful and appreciative that uh, that that one you, you found the the, uh, the Scroop episodes. I'm presuming, and uh, and and also that you would uh, include me uh, in in your recovery journey with this question. I mean, this is this is hard and scary stuff for folks who are dealing with religious scrupulosity. Their faith is the most central thing to their life. So to have their OCD latch onto their faith. Is 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 so devastating. Obviously, every subtype can feel devastating, and certainly is devastating. But um, I, for religious scrupulosity, it just feels so so personal. Um, so so the pain that you're talking about is is um, I, I I can hear it or I can read it uh, in in your in your message to me, Jared. What I find so telling in what you have said is while you while you said I still have these thoughts but instead of questioning do I you said now it's I don't so it's I don't believe in God I don't love God things like that however you said you still pray daily now those two things are opposing one another because the the thought I would say the intrusive thought that you're having that is absolutely your OCD is this thought that you you don't believe or you don't love God for someone you don't believe in and don't love you sure are having conversations with this person or being or or, or whatever uh, quite a bit if you're saying you're, you you are still praying though with little faith and uh, a negative mindset you still are returning to and stressing about something you say or your brain says you don't believe in. So that's certainly something to take note. And in some ways, you can use that to challenge the legitimacy of that thought um, that says you you don't believe. You kind of do. Now, to your, the main point of your question, you said, is it possible for a sufferer to no longer feel anxiety about certain intrusive thoughts, but instead feeling numb towards the thoughts as if the thoughts had become a reality? I'll say absolutely that can happen. Um, 
for for a couple of reasons the the one thing that had just jumped out of the top of my mind is what you're kind of talking about is the goal of ERP for a lot of folks is to no longer feel anxiety about certain thoughts you're saying that's that's the thing that's making me feel so terrified is the lack of anxiety or the lack of feeling now sometimes what this means is you might be experiencing a backdoor spike now a backdoor spike is usually what happens um, through therapy when someone is working really hard to habitually to their anxiety. And once their anxiety then starts to subside, their anxiety re-spikes because their brain says, oh, see, you're, you're no longer afraid of or you don't get the that, that anxious rush anymore with this stuff. So now your fear is real. Now what you're mo- you've been most terrified of is genuine. So it shows up in the reverse. You often see it with like HOCD, so um, homosexual or, or sexual orientation OCD where folks uh, work towards, you know, thinking about uh, gay stuff or thinking about homoerotic thoughts or watching homoerotic uh, 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 movies or or imagery, Um, eventually get used to it. But now their brain says, oh, see, gay people aren't uncomfortable by this stuff. You're not uncomfortable by it. Therefore, you're gay. So, that's one thing that may be going on here is you might be experiencing a backdoor spike. The other thing that may be going on here is that you're you're sometimes we just get to this place of numbness with our anxiety we just have stressed about it and thought about it and worried about it for so long we can't even like rouse ourselves into feeling uncomfortable anymore we just feel exhausted by it Um, and then we just keep plodding along in our life expecting that we're supposed to supposed to feel something now Sometimes this will happen in the course of treatment with some folks, and then the shift can subtly move from the focus being on anxiety to the focus being on whatever feeling you're experiencing. Now, this is where um, mindful approaches can be really, really helpful, Jared. I'd almost want you to shift your mindset from from it being uh, from saying you're you know you, you might be saying like your enemy is anxiety, or you're trying to get rid of anxiety, uh, or you're trying to tolerate anxiety. To instead trying to focus it on an unwanted feeling state. That's a broad way of saying um, the stuff that you don't want to feel. Now, typically, a lot of the folks that I work with, they say, well, anxiety is the unwanted feeling state. Great, so let's call it by name. But sometimes the unwanted feeling state that we're obsessing about or hyper-focusing on and trying to do compulsions about to try to get rid of or to undo or to alleviate in some, some way, uh, some maladaptive way, that is, is, is depression or a sadness, or is an is a, a amorphous, empty feeling, or is this kind of ominous doom kind of feeling? For you, it's this numbness. Now, it certainly is a feeling you never wanted, you never asked to have, but it, it's there, and it's there surrounding your faith. Now, if you go back and listen to the episode about uh, scrupulosity with Father Tom Santa, uh, he, he kind of talks about being you know, flexible with the feelings that we have and not expecting to have one feeling over another. Uh, so, so often we try in Faithland to have the mountaintop experiences at all times and to feel fully connected to God. Now, of course, that's a wonderful feeling for, for, for those of us to try to seek out and certainly to have. But when OCD says this is the ultimate and only things that you have to have, and the absence of it means that you have nothing or that you have no faith, is that is the deception that OCD is going to use to try to pull you down further into it. 
So instead of trying to focus on trying to get that feeling, trying to refocus back on what that that numbness feels like and seeing if you can make space in your life for this numbness. That for right now, numbness is a part of your life. And you would say, well, it is, but I don't want it. It's like, but the problem is your anxiety and your brain and your feelings don't care about how you feel. Now, again, this is where I'm going to say that I'm the only therapist on earth that's going to tell you that feelings are stupid. Right. Happiness, when we say that's the ultimate feeling, it's that no, no, it's not. Or fulfillment or um, passion or something like that is that we, we, we put too much credit on the feelings that we have rather We need to be flexible with what we're feeling, and sometimes the feelings that we have are irrational or they're excessive, so we need to put less stock in them. Feelings are stupid. Instead, refocusing on what is ultimately important in your life. If faith conceptually is important to you, pursue faith without the expectation that you're going to have this great and grand wonderful feeling, but doing the things that are important to you. Now, if the only thing that was important to you within your faith practice was getting that feeling, then perhaps that's a bigger story about how your OCD was wrapped up already in your faith, but that's presuming some things, Jared, that may or may not be there. So, Jared, I think lastly on this, and I know I'm jumping around, I didn't have time to really, I, 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 I didn't go down and put a, a proper full outline together, so I apologize if I am bouncing all over, but, but the last thing that I want to talk about here is that you, you said, um, uh, let's hear, the, the, the worst is that now it's like I don't even care, and it's almost as if I've accepted the thoughts. Well, what I would encourage you to do, and this is going to sound weird, and it's kind of the 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 uh, splitting hairs in this, but you're accepting the content of the thought as opposed to accepting the presence of the thought. So, what that means is that you're accepting the the words that your brain is giving you. It says, I don't care about God, or I don't have faith. You're accepting those words and what it says as opposed to, I accept that that thought and that feeling is something that I'm experiencing in this very moment. I'll give you an example about the difference between uh, um, accepting the content versus accepting the reality of the, of the thought, the presence of the thought, um, is that if I were to write down on a piece of paper, I am an antelope, and then I was to have you read it, um, you would say, I am an antelope. Now, if you were to agree with the content of what you said, you would have to therefore be an antelope. Now, Jared, I don't think that you're an antelope. I mean, I'm looking at your Instagram avatar, and uh, you don't look very antelope-y. Um, but it's possible with your little hooves that you've gotten a fantastic you know, costume going on. I don't know. But to accept the, 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 the content of the phrasing, I'm an antelope, well, our brain is going to give us all sorts of crazy thoughts about who we are, what we want, what we believe. I mean, we can have thoughts of, you know, I hate this guy. I should hit this guy. I should run them over with my car. We can have thoughts of, I'm a loser. We can have thoughts of, I'm going to fail. Now, if we believed everything we thought, oh my gosh, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? But instead, we usually we don't. For things that are not our obsessions, we typically just notice those thoughts and go, whatever, those are dumb thoughts. Or, you know, for me, I call them my crazy man thoughts. Those are, you know, I'm thinking like a crazy man with that. But, 
for our obsessions or our biggest fears, we latch on to it. So, instead of doing that, I want you to accept and acknowledge that that thought is there in that moment, kind of like the passing of the weather that uh, where you are. You look outside, you say, it's hot. Um, it's, hot it's hot here in Southern California. It's bonkers hot right now. So, but now I acknowledge that it's hot. I certainly don't like it, but it's, it, it is hot. Now, it doesn't mean then that it's always going to be hot. It doesn't mean that then forever it's going to be that way or that, you know, coolness is never going to return or that I can't still live my life or try to do things despite the fact that, it, that it's really hot. Now, I can say it's hot and, it, and, and that's, that's an observation uh, of the temperature. But if I were to say today is awful, well, that's kind of a judgment on it, isn't it? You can have the thought, I, I don't believe, but you can also say, well, yeah, I, I have that thought. Yes, it's there, but, well, it doesn't always have to be true. I can still pursue my faith as best I can despite this feeling. So, Jared, I, 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 that was the, the rambling version of my answer to that. And, and, and I, I appreciate for your patience. I know you asked me that question a couple of weeks ago. And um, just after I finish this episode, I will message you back and tell you that I, have, I will be answering this in a future episode. So, thank you so much for your question. And um, uh, if you have any questions about it, or if any listeners have any feedback for Jared and want to just give him some advice, uh, feel free to write me in and I will, I will post that on a future episode. So, thanks so much. All right, so my next question comes from June. She asks, Thanks for the wonderful podcast. I'm in a confusing situation. At first, I had earworms, music playing in my head, and then when I was reading about it, it appeared to be something to do with the hyper-awareness OCD subtype. When I read about common obsessions in the subtype, I searched for awareness of present thinking. And the results got me terrified with questions like, what if I'm always aware of my thinking and will I ever be able to think again? When I get into situations where thinking is needed, I tend to avoid them. I'm terrified because we always think and I don't know what to do. I'm scared I won't be able to think anymore. It seems like any problem I face, I get into trouble trying to work it out. All right, June. Well, thank you so much for that question. And I'm, I, again, just like just like Jared, I'm so sorry you're having to go through this. And um, you're right with what you're describing here. Somewhat falls under hyper awareness uh, uh, OCD. Um, now, I, for for listeners, if if you heard that question and 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 that kind of sounded like you, um, I would encourage you to go back to a previous episode. It would be episode 18 on sensory motor and hyper awareness. Um, it's a uh, it's one of the subtypes of OCD. And uh, sensory motor and hyper awareness. Well, sensory motor tends to focus on uh, typical body bodily functions, things that our body does. So blinking and breathing, and the feel and sound of our heartbeat, or the sensations of our hands, or the sensations of our scalp. Uh, sometimes it's floaters in our vision. Um, hyper awareness can certainly be all of that. Think about sensory motor being under the umbrella of hyper awareness, which is just hyper focus and awareness on on something. It can be anything. We can be hyper aware, uh, certainly of the sound of our heartbeat. We can be hyper aware of our thoughts. We can be hyper aware of um, like the sound on the street. Um, we can be hyper aware of like screeching noises in cars, like when cars stop or when like fan belts and stuff like that are loose and they squeak really loud. We can just be super aware of that. 
So, June, I know folks who uh, experience um, uh, sensory motor hyperawareness OCD, uh, it, they they are just I- immensely frustrated with all of this. And, and often the common thought is, will this ever go away? And that's ultimately the biggest fear is, am I ever going to be myself again? Am I ever going to have my thoughts again? Um, and, and it can feel kind of hopeless because everything that you're doing is to try to get rid of these thoughts or to try to get rid of the awareness of the thought. But the problem is trying to get rid of the awareness of the thought is only turning your attention towards the thoughts even further. So now, whenever you're saying, whenever you're evaluating your thoughts, because you're obviously turning your attention more towards your own thoughts and trying to get rid of it, you're now saying, all right, am I thinking about my thoughts now? Well, yes. Okay, well, how about now? Am I thinking about my thoughts now? Well, yeah. So that whole cycle gets obnoxious and frustrating. And you're saying, yeah, duh, that's why I wrote it. So, June, what I want to say is that what you're experiencing is is something that other folks do experience. And it is a, a, a well-known subtype of OCD, um, at least in, in OCD land. Um, the average therapist may or may not ever hear about this, but but I've certainly heard about it. I do want to give you some encouragement that hyperawareness OCD is not the end of the world. It is just like all the other subtypes of OCD. It is far too much thought given to a thought, far too much attention given to a thought that gives you anxiety. Um, and then what you're trying to do is trying to do something to either get rid of that thought or make sure that that feared story never happens. Um or at the very least, feel better, even temporarily. Now, once you've done that, you go, oh my God, it worked. Uh, Now I need to do that over and over and over again. And because you felt relief, your brain goes, oh good, we should do that again. And the whole cycle begins. Here's the other problem. You and I and everybody else thinks. This is one of the unfortunate side effects of having a human brain is the fact that you think about stuff. And therein lies the problem is that you think and that your brain is arbitrarily attached this this meaning and value and judgment to your thoughts. You're essentially saying, I don't want to think anymore, or I want to go back to the person I was where I didn't think. And I would challenge that and say, you always thought, and you were always aware of your thoughts, but maybe perhaps this fear started showing up. You were able to disregard that, or you paid less attention to it when it was there. But you're now in this place where it's kind of this BCAD sort of situation where you have gained function. You have gained a new superpower that you didn't want and doesn't really get you very much um, other than annoyed. And that superpower is being aware of your thoughts. Now, it's a superpower that, that, that kind of all of us have, but you just really have. All of us can turn our attention towards our thoughts. It's our, our internal monologue or, or sometimes dialogue, and it's you know, the, this, the, the words that go through our mind. It's how we interact with our internal experience. It's how we evaluate and judge and plan and all that stuff that's going on in our head. But now you're noticing it, and, and there's almost this, this second voice, or now it's experienced as the second voice from who it is that you are. And you're going, hey, shush. So, June, to cut to the chase, one of the most important things that you can do is start practicing mindfulness. Um, uh, Acceptance and commitment therapy, I think, is great for this. Um, And what it ultimately is going to help you to do is to recognize and acknowledge that, you know what, yeah, your brain is doing this. You don't like it, you don't want it, but it's certainly happening. You notice that second thought in your head. You notice the judgment about that second thought in your head. 
And you don't want to go through that process, but we want to try to shift your attention and your efforts efforts towards that from being an active thought to being a passive thought. Active thoughts are the stuff that you are participating in and fighting in and trying to change. The passive stuff is the stuff that's just kind of in the back of your head, the stuff that you know your brain gives you a thought and you go, oh, okay, whatever, and you, you kind of let it go. Or it's kind of that process where you know, you're kind of thinking and planning about something, but it's in the background and you're not really paying attention to it because you're doing something else. That's passive thinking. Now, obviously, it's easier said than done to shift that or to shift your focus. But what what mindfulness can help you to do is to better practice the shift and better practice allowing that thought to be a passive thought, something that doesn't have to take up your day. Now, what I will say is these thoughts are going to be there. Your, your, your brain is going to continue to think. The shift also for you, it's, it's more of a personal and emotional shift, is the acceptance that you now have this brain function. And now there's got to be a way to figure out how you can best live with that feeling. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if, if you got into a car accident and you lost an, uh, an arm or a leg, you'd have to accept that you now have you now have one less arm or leg. Well, it's part of life for you or for that person. It's that they now have that one less body part. Now that person has either is either going to spend all their time being really ticked off and pissed off about the fact that they don't have that arm. They're going to think about all the things that they can't do anymore because of that arm or leg. Or they can try to say, you know what, I'm going to try to live the best one-armed life that I can, or one-legged life that I possibly can. For you, when that thought comes in, rather than going to that place of trying to avoid thoughts, uh, in other words, trying to suppress the thoughts that, you know, specifically about noticing your thoughts, and then the one that says, oh my God, what if I'm never going to think this way again? What am I going to do? Is to say, you know what, yeah, I do have these thoughts and they're there, and I'm going to make a, a, I'm going to set up a little chair for them right next to me in my life, and I'm going to be in a meeting, and I'm going to be thinking about my thoughts, and I'm going to be with my partner, and I'm going to be thinking about these thoughts, and that there's going to be this this kind of person, this tag along that's going to be with you, and and that that's okay. You can have a fully functional life with it. Now. The other things that you can do, you can certainly do exposures to this, and scripting is going to be fantastic for this. If you haven't done this, if you haven't worked with a therapist before, I'd encourage you to do it, obviously, but scripting is essentially, I would, I would encourage you, and there, there are going to be a number of websites that you can read how to script. There's going to be a ton of books on it that are going to talk about scripting. Um, it's an imaginal exposure where you write out your biggest fear actually happening. So you'd write this story about the worst fear coming true with you in your life, that these thoughts are always there. They're never going away. Your whole life is ruined. Every meeting and every relationship and every date and every moment, every movie that you go to see, everything is ruined because of this. these thoughts. And you read that over and over and over and over and over again. And you get to that place where you eventually go, you know what? These thoughts don't bother me that much. Or this idea of it uh, uh, bothering me forever isn't going away, uh, and it doesn't bug me as much anymore. Now, in, in this present moment, we have the thought, but you're also bemoaning the future and all the things that you're not going to have. But in this moment, you're not living that life. You're living this one. In this moment, you do have that thought. Like I was talking about with the weather, in this moment, I do have hot weather. It's not my favorite, can I survive this day, this moment, with this hot, hot feeling? Um, 
until I go on and maybe tomorrow will be hotter, it might be colder. I know that, you know, rationally speaking, we're eventually going to get out of summer, we're going to get into winter, and it's going to be cool, and then we're going to get into summer again, it's going to be hot. Those are kind of the fluctuations of life. Now, I can't live in that moment because I live in this one, and in this one it's hot. So what am I going to do to get used to, what am I going to do to make space for the heat? And that's going to be some of that shift that, that you'll be needing to do. Again, I think scripting is going to be really beneficial for this. Lastly, June, what I'd encourage you to do is to resist getting into compulsions and fighting with this thought as best you can. Meaning, not following it down the rabbit hole of how terrible your life is going to be because of them. Now, I know this is separate from thoughts, and or it's separate from scripting, which it is separate from scripting. Scripting is a whole separate exercise. But on a day-to-day basis, when, you're, when your brain starts saying, I, I'm never going to be able to think anymore. Well, that, that's, that's BS, and that's a complete lie. You are thinking, and you're going to think. Instead of going, oh my gosh, that's true. How am I ever going to think, quote, right again? Instead, go, you know, that, that's not true. I am going to think, and I'm going to think about these things. That's a reality for you. So, in other words, resist the effort to try to fix this superpower of yours. The superpower ain't getting fixed. Instead, you are fixated on it. So, pulling back on the arguments with it, and instead reshifting yourself back into whatever it is that you're doing for that day. If you're in a meeting, focus on that meeting. Now, you're going to shift back to your, to your thoughts about your, your, your thinking, and that's okay. Shift back to the meeting, or shift back to the date, or shift back to the movie, or to the other project that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, and give yourself grace and patience in that, f- in that fluctuation process between the reality, or between the thing that you're trying to focus on, and the thoughts about the things that you're doing in that moment. So, June, I do appreciate the question, and uh, it, it means a lot that you, would, uh, that you would ask this. So, thanks so much, and I hope, uh, hope it was helpful. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the FearCast. Um, if you liked this episode, go over to iTunes, wherever else that you get your podcasts, uh, uh, and, and give me a little rating, give me a little review. It means a ton to me. Don't forget to subscribe as well. Also, um, uh, keep an eye out for CalOCD.com if you have any questions about it. Um, check out the website. Again, There's a if you go when this is published, there's probably going to be an under construction page in front of it. So um, I'm currently building it and I can only write so many articles at a time before going bonkers. Um, So so have some patience with me on that. But um, thank you so much for listening. If you have a question for a future episode, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can go to the submit a question or ask a question link there and uh, write one there and um, I will read it and I will likely put it up on a future episode. If you have any feedback for some of the stuff that I've mentioned in this episode, feel free to uh, send me a message there as well. I'm happy to put it, to put up or, or add to a future episode some um, either further support or perhaps even some dissent to uh, some of the uh, suggestions and advice or guidance that I had given. All right, so as, as always, please remember that the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about getting involved in therapy, um, you can go to fearcastpodcast.com and there should be some information up there in the Find Help link. So, until next time, Take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.